Welcome to the Mental Mom Show. I'm Megan Farr, a therapist and mother of two by day, and a coffee-drinking ADHD maniac basic white girl. But most importantly, I'm the Mental Mom host by night. And I'm Casey Harper, the producer slash art director slash boyfriend and moral support slash whatever Megan needs. Welcome, everybody. Our good friends are here with us for the second time. Jessica and Jeremy, can you say hi? Hey, hey. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for coming back to the show. Um, you guys were on episode 52 last summer. The we only... looked it up. We did. I was going to say that's impressive that you know that. No. And no you actually we know have... it. Well, aside from, yeah, anyway. I'm not like Sheldon. <laughs> Casey's been on a, um, what's the show called? Young Sheldon. Big Bang Theory. Big Bang oh, the Theory big... kick. Oh, okay. I don't follow that Young Sheldon nonsense. Let's do that. We can do that after we finish Big Bang. But anyway, um, last summer when you guys were here, we all I remember is we talked about murder hornets, and I can't remember what else. What was the actual? Oh, we talked about how we didn't do premarital counseling. Okay. Remember that? Yes. <laughs> we didn't do, and I don't remember what else we talked about. I think for the, I think for the most part it was just like COVID and like surviving COVID and like everything going on in the world. Yeah, I can't remember. You guys listened to episode fifty-two. I remember it was warm outside. It was. That's warm all I remember. Outside. We sat on the patio for a little bit. We're close. Yes. We're close. We were. Warmth is warmth is coming we're back. Getting there. Um, so I wanted Jess to come on the show because she's a huge true crime fan, and so am I. I did take a year off from true crime. I don't know if I told you this. No, or not. you didn't. Yeah, I took a year off because I wanted. I just wanted to take a break from it and see like how I would feel without it. You're not paranoid all the time. I'm actually not, and I'm so happy that I'm back to watching true crime and cult documentaries and I just since I was little I've just loved mysteries and crime documentaries and shows how about you all the time like I could watch it 24 7 well honestly that surprises me about the fact that you would want to take a break from it so like what made you even think oh my gosh Jeremy doing a Okay. Like, okay. Well, so, so there is a reason. Well, okay. and so I, I guess my other thought of this is you being a trained professional. Like, did you actually do it in a form of like a research? Like, you wanted to see kind of how your. I did. I wanted to see if I felt any better or different. I was also reading books about positive thinking and positivity, and I may have skirted the line of toxic positivity, which is another episode we did way back. And I think I got really into that, and I wanted to see like if I would feel different without. You weren't very pleasant. I'll say that. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Wait, so was there a reverse like, effect? Like, it wasn't... Uh, she was, like, was a rough time. oversensitive like, to everything. I and was... I can't watch this. It makes me feel this a certain way. way. And then it was, it was kind of a difficult time to it was. talk to you. Because yeah. there were things that prior to what you were going through i guess i could just say and didn't have to think twice about it but then it was i would say something and you were like i can't i can't talk about this it's 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 too too, gruesome yeah and i'm like what are you talking about interesting watch this stuff all the time i was reading all these books about positivity you guys listened from the beginning you can see that i am on a roller coaster of 
finding myself, okay? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I went through a positivity phase where I may have taken it a little bit extreme. I had a business coach who was um, very influential, and that might be why I am so interested in studying cults. And uh, what? I would say she was influential in the wrong sense, in yeah, my opinion. Cults and true crime okay. have always been like huge fascinate, fascinations for, for me since I was young. Yeah. And understanding the human behavior and the psychology <clears throat> that goes with it. Mm-hmm. And I totally stopped that for like a year. And I've always loved reading that stuff, even since journalism school when I read, uh, I think it's Truman Capote's book, In Cold Blood. Anyway, it's a really good one. It's a classic for journalism and writing. So and I just gave it up for like a year. So now you're back to actually enjoying murder documentaries <laughs> yeah, and the, everything else. The other reason I did is because I did have a few I did have a few clients um, in the past year who have experienced true crime in their personal lives. Oh. So that also affected me. Too real. Too real. And like when you're hearing what that's like for people and what their family's going through and what their life is like you know, with open investigations and losing people and, you know, Cause it's, gotta it's be, different. It, it's, well, it's, it's probably gonna be hard to differentiating and separating the entertainment value of it that of, of ones that you have no connection to, no uh, experience with, like the, there's a, the documentary that just came out about the, um, oh, the Night Stalker. The one that just came out on Netflix, that one, I feel like is one where if like you don't have any assimilation to it, it's just purely entertainment if it doesn't affect your life. But I can see where where it's difficult because you can't separate those same feelings and emotions that the other people were experiencing on those if you're dealing with that and kind of helping people get through Like when you're in the same room and you're, you know, a couple feet away from a person who's Mm -hmm. sharing with you what that's like, it just made me kind of reevaluate, like, I just reevaluated, like, why... Am I so into true crime? Is you know, it just like it just all it all happened at the same time, and I just took a break for a year. And now I know why I'm fascinated with it. I know because I love human behavior, and I love mm-hmm. trying to understand people and why they do things. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, it's been nice to come back. And Jess will welcome you back with open arms. Yes, and the, wide open. Wide open, Jeremy. To the community. Jeremy, will you tell all of our listeners what your wife's shirt says? Yeah. So my, I bought this shirt for my wife because I know her very well. It says, "Blood stains are red, UV lights are blue." I've watched enough true crime. They'll never find you. They will never and find you. Never. <laughs> and I'm gonna post. We're gonna post a picture of it because the they'll never find you part of the T-shirt is in like blood, blood letters, like Halloween. Very. Yeah, I did wear it on Halloween. I think you did, which is fitting. Yeah. Nice. But I wanted to buy it in like a cute color where you'd wear it everywhere, but you truly I don't, don't wear it. Wear it out. Out. <laughs> Just are you afraid people are gonna think you're like a murderer? I am. Like, you're a murderer. That's what she's. No. Whoa. 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 She said people are gonna think you're a murderer. No. I said. She said. Are you afraid? I'm afraid. Oh, yeah. okay. I'm okay, afraid okay. people are going to think that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's why you don't wear it. I was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> For the record, you're not a murderer. That's not what I want people Allegedly. to think. Allegedly. <laughs> Jeremy, if you, you do know. go missing. You'll never find me. We'll nope. never find me, but we'll, we will have to report to the detectives. I will be the number one suspect. Yeah. You will be, especially after Stats. this episode. It's always yeah. a spouse. <laughs> or boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Girlfriend. So, I was asking Jess at one point, I don't remember if we were recording or not, but well, how did you get into true crime and when? I truly don't remember. Like, it's just... Always been part of your life? Yeah. 
Do you remember Rescue 911? Did you ever watch that? Yes. I love that show. Do I think that anxiety has to do with that? For everyone listening, for reference, my wife's face lit up like it was Christmas Day, (laughs) and she just got the puppy that she's always wanted. She was so ecstatic to talk about Rescue 911. I loved that show. I think we have Was the host... It's William Shatner. That's what I thought. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. We have that on uh, VHS, like, recorded somewhere in my parents' house. That's incredible. We used to. I don't know if it's... Can we have a night like where we watch? I don't it? know where they are. Can we have a VCR night? Can we have a VCR Can night? We, if you have a VCR, <laughs> do you know? What Actually, I bet they're probably expensive now. I bet the McAvoys have a VCR. My parents yeah. have a two in one. You know, the DVD and the VCR. I but the VCR, every now and then, it would like snag the tape, so it chewed up Toy Story a little bit. First oh, world, first world, so first, first world, world problems in 1996. Yeah, hello. Yeah. <laughs> that and our camcorders were so heavy. Yeah. <laughs> like we got shoulder cramps. Oh, you, you had a camcorder? That's why my shoulder hurts yeah. now. Oh, you had a camcorder, you were rich. Yeah, you were rich. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, bougie. Bougie. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. You guys ever seen this? Do you see the kids doing this these days? No, no. is that a thing? Yeah. Guys, I'm putting my uh, index, index fingers yeah. together and bumping them together maybe i'll post a picture video of me that's doing this like a, like a um, boomerang like a what boomerang that's it would just put it on loop yeah put it on put it on loop <laughs> um this is a thing that the kids are doing these days awkward it's from something Who does I, that? I didn't know that our uh the 10 year old does it she, oh i then i had that. um like last year i had for like two sessions a 19 year old client she was young maybe even 18 and she was like it's like a joke. It's like awkward. Like whenever anything's awkward. I mean, we did awkward turtle like for a hot minute where you just put your hands on top of each other and you wiggled your thumbs and it looked like an awkward turtle. Do you know about that, Casey? No. I don't either. I, I, don't, I don't think I, used, I was in I enough that. awkward situations apparently. Cause I, <laughs> I for sure did that. You like, did? I love that. College maybe? Yeah, I'd always do it Probably to my college. Fr- yeah. I would always do it to my friends and just like look at them and be like... Awkward. So maybe that's what maybe it's just making a more subtle gesture to friends instead of doing the double hand thumb wiggle. You're just literally <laughs> tapping your index fingers together, making right. it awkward. That's true. So maybe that's just a more subtle way of doing it. Interesting. So let's talk about ages real quick because we have a very diverse age group here. I think. Jess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, who's the yeah. youngest? Who's the youngest? Well, so we. I am Jeremy. So we we span the entire millennial generation, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're considered yeah. what are what's considered a geriatric I millennial. I am a geriatric. I can barely walk, you guys. <laughs> and I have dentures. You need some help up. Yeah. I do. Where's my cane? But Where's then, my walker? But then Casey and Jess are both relatively close in age, like a year off or two, um, right? Because you're... I'm 34. I just turned 32. So yeah, a year okay. and a half. You're, a couple years. Yeah, two years. We'll go two years. And then I'm thir- I just turned 30 in November. So I'm considered like the middle run of... Uh, millennial and jeremy i don't feel nine years older than you no i've always been told i'm mature for my age and i think i'm probably immature for my age and it's ironic because i think where i think where i get that is my brother that i i felt like i was wanting to hang out with like his friends and like yeah but then as i got older i realized like i'm much more mature than my brother i am substantially (laughs) more mature than my brother that happens i am and i know i am and i've told him i am yes where were we going with all that okay hang on i don't know let's get back on track um, yeah. we'll, okay. get, we'll get we got, back to this. We know everyone's ages. We've got geriatric millennial all the way down to a uh, young tier. No, because I think young millennial will be like 26 or 27. I think it actually goes to like 23 or 20. No, if you're 23 now, you'd be considered Gen Z because I think it's 90, it's 83 to 96 or something like that. So 96. Yeah. Okay. If anyone's in college now, you're a Gen Z person. 
Okay. I just want to put it on the record that I will forever rock my side part. <laughs> Why would we not? Well, that's... that's oh, wait, a, have I heard about this? No, tell me. That's a whole other episode. <sighs> no, can you just really tell me? Okay. is saying side parts and skinny jeans are out. What? What? And so, no. So and then the, the whole other backstory of this is that they are putting fashion trends out there that were popular in the mid to late nineties. So it's yeah. like, so you're just trying to be a like an old millennial when that right. stuff like, was popular. You mean like the high waist, like the plaid jean or plaid button ups? Essentially, yeah. Like that stuff, or like big baggy like uh, cargo pants that are like rolled up with like boots. Girls are wearing that, like almost like a blossom look. Swear. How dare they? <laughs> How dare they? We both have a side part right we now. We both have a side part. Yeah. Just forever. Oh God. Yeah. Also, forever. I'm not sure my hair will part a different way. My anyway, my so. hairstylist so. told me she's like, Meg, you're gonna have to like train your hair because I she showed yeah. me this thing called curtain bangs. I don't uh-huh. know if you heard of it. No. Kind of like a '70s thing where it just like goes kind of curls. I don't know. I'll post a picture. But she wanted me to part my hair in the middle, and she said I would have to train my bangs to do that because I've had a side part since 1984. So, so that's def- we're gonna definitely have to get back on here and talk about like Gen Z versus millennials. Okay, we'll do and, that. Like, Put that on the list. All the differences because there's it's starting to become a thing. Like Gen Z are starting to be very vocal about like millennials this, millennials that. Oh, how which is surprising. Know. Wow, you guys. Yeah. That's how it starts. If you guys... We're going to be the new boomer. Yeah. No, I will not. That's going to happen. No. We will. Okay. Where are we? What's happening? Um, okay, so we'll I wanted Jess... This is, these were my notes, Jeremy. Yeah. Um, that Jess would... I wanted Jess to be on to like... Because she works in the mental health field. I work in the mental health field. Mm-hmm. We both love true crime, obviously. She would be great for this um, story today. And then I put... And Jeremy always has something good to say. <laughs> I don't know if it's good or if it's just something to say. say. There we go. (laughs) Let's omit that one word. It's good stuff. There we go. I'm good with that. Okay. Before we jump into, um, we are going to be recapping the Netflix documentary. It's called Crime Scene, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. Before we do a deep dive and discuss that, um, let's do our famous feelings check-in. You guys remember? Yep. The last time? Yep. Who has the... I, I... Brought out a little surprise for today. Who's got the feelings faces? Your notes. It might be in your notepad or something. I printed off, you guys, um, something that we like to use in the therapy world. A lot of times I use this when I used to do groups, um, especially groups with kids, but also adults loved them. These are feeling faces. And you, because sometimes Casey and I will say like the same feeling words (laughs) over and over. I feel like this is targeting like us. What does it say? It says distracted, and it has a basketball and a and a video game controller yeah, that is also Nintendo. We yeah. had to wait until this college basketball game was over before we could well, start recording because Jeremy was, was distracted, very distracted. Let me see, hold on. Now I got to look through all these. So we have hyper, which is a crazy face. We got uh, crazy in the sense of like his eyes are even in two different directions. Yeah. Confused, disgusted. Apathetic, strong. I'm not going through all these. Because um, you know how I am about you can't say, okay, fine. Disobedient good. is one. That's, Do you feel disobedient? I mean, if you can internal, if you have enough wherewithal to say that you're being disobedient, that's good for you. Cause <laughs> you mean I like insight? Like, like if you yeah, like, like in you touch that with much, yourself I'm enough? Bad. Yeah, like you, I you want like, to be bad. <laughs> I want to be bad. <laughs> like, so, um, so we're, I, I'll start. I am, let's see. Looking at the, let me think of just myself. I right even now. printed them out in color. Oh, these are not 
good. Maybe you need to just reach with I know. Yourself. Well, well, you know, it's funny. Is I bet it is, but there's so much here. My, you and I both talked about ADD together. Yes. So like, I need to think of myself first. You're so like, stimulated. We'll just give you a minute. For me, I feel focused. Ooh, I'm very. I like that. I feel like the last few weeks. I know. Stop. My eyes are closed. I'm in my. You let head. him have his moment, Jess. We have my moment. No one else could see this. So I'm very gonna... focused. No, not right now. So the the but overall in general I feel feel very focused. I feel um, very good about where life is with my my marriage, with my work, with my career, with my life, everything. I feel very focused on what I need, what I want, what I got to do. I love it. Yeah. It almost sounds like you're centered and grounded. Uh, I yeah. can't read that. No. <laughs> no. You can't read that from here. No. And with and your you. glasses with on? With my glasses on, I cannot read That's that. six feet oh, away. Well, you're, yeah. I, you have an eye exam in like a week, so that's I why. Yeah, on Wednesday. <laughs> that's why you have an eye exam in a week. But I'm not big, buying new glasses. No, I like those. Are you just getting new yeah. lenses? I'll just get new contacts. Okay. Because it's... I can, who can afford new glasses? $500 glasses. Come on. Yeah. Well, that's you, another conspiracy theory <laughs> I have, but you know. I was just going to say, I was like, you have your own thoughts of conspiracy theories with eye Wow, we might have to like talk about that. We'll just have a Jess and Jeremy series. Yeah. I would love that. We'll do it in a heartbeat. Casey, do you have a feeling that you're thinking? Well, Jess is perusing the sheet. Oh, or do you do you want to peruse the sheet? I feel too? worn out. That is on the sheet. You do? Yeah. Just from I'm just tired. From us? Well, I mean, I went, I started working out again. I've. Oh, yeah, Casey. There's transition things happening at work. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of things moving. And then... Being home and the extra stuff, it's just a little more difficult to stay focused because yeah. I've just been really tired. Yeah, we started. We hit the gym again this past two weeks. Where are you guys going? Uh, the Planet of Fitness. Are you at the one? We'll talk about it afterwards. The Are you the one up north or down off Fishers, of? Like five minutes from here. Dude, we need to start like planning. If you want to go in the mornings... Let's try to just be motivators to each other because I've been struggling. All right. Yeah. I'm yeah. down. We've been going. Let's do it. I already just one week of working out has I felt so much better. Yeah. Like just one it's, week of it and it's I a feel big, so much big better. Help. It is. All right, Jess. Can I do two? Yes, yeah. you may. Okay. So I will agree with Casey on the worn out, but okay. <laughs> not for working out. <laughs> um, just work, school, a lot on my plate. So I'm worn out. COVID, no. year anniversary. I mean- Come on. Yeah, it's been a while. I'm Worn out. Bit. Worn out. But also, I'm excited. I'm excited for tonight. I'm Yay! excited to talk about all the things true crime. <laughs> all the things true crime. <laughs> I am going to lift the ban. I made a ban on myself that I wouldn't say all the things in 2021. But since you're here, I we're, we're going to say it. Okay. All the things. Just work on not Did going you say um. He just, Casey just wants me to work on not saying um. Because he has to edit out all You can say ums. all the things all you want. But not um. But not, um. Yes. And not. See, I'm really bad at saying um. Oh, you snack still? I snack. I'm better. Smacks. I'm better at not smacking. Wow. I actually never picked up on that. She got, she's gotten a lot better about the the smacking. And <laughs> it's then, still the um. But it, lately it's just been the umming. Oh, I'm really bad about ums. <laughs> so I, my feelings, I feel happy and I feel friendly. That friendly is cute. It's like this little guy's winking, like friendly, because so I'm having fun with you guys. Yeah, it's flirtatious. So I was gonna say that. I'm not flirting no, I with him. About friendly. Yeah. So it's like we're hanging out with friends. Why did you have to go the to face. flirtatious? Like, that's not. That's not what. You know friendly what though? I'm a, I'm a former cheerleader. Okay. 
we did that stuff to get the crowd excited. We would do like well, some. Oh, we would do some. Well, that's stuff. not how it came yeah. across. Excited. That's and not how it comes across. Oh my god. Okay, some of those whatever. People were excited. Yeah, about putting it. a cheerleading outfit in this conversation is not helping your cause. I went to a private Baptist school. My yep. cheerleading oh, skirt was it almost to my knee. And your Baptist school. Making it worse. Mm. It wasn't like the cute. At least you weren't uh, Catholic. Because then that would be that. Like they wear the knee socks and yeah. plaid skirts. That's a whole different ball game. That wink is something else. All right, what are we doing? Okay, guys, we're focused, <laughs> we're right, get, Jeremy? We're getting, we're Jeremy says we're focused. Jeremy well, says he's focused. Jeremy's focused. Jeremy, keep us on track here, and Casey. Oh God, help us if I have to keep us on track. All right, so Casey is going to help us stay on track because here's what happened. Okay, so this documentary it's called Crime Again. Scene: The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. It's on Netflix. Um, it's directed by Joe. Berlinger. I don't know if it's Berlinger or like Berlinger. 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 He also did the Bundy tapes. Did you ever watch that? Yeah. yeah. That was one. good. You watched it too? Great yeah. One. Jeremy, oh, yeah. did you really watch it or are you yes. just being sarcastic? No, I swear. Okay. <laughs> no, if, if anything true crime comes out, I watch it. You do like, watch it. Okay. I'm just not as much of a, like, a cheerleader for it as Jess is. You'll watch it on if it's like a Netflix documentary series. Yes. But, but not like, an Oxygen or ID. No. Where I'm like, ID channel, I don't care what you're watching it dramatic reaction looks like yeah i'm watching yeah, yeah i could care less about and that and i'm gonna tuck myself into bed probably take a little nap <laughs> yeah happy and and subconsciously think about murder absolutely okay cool. Cool, cool. so and then you guys ron howard is actually one of the executive producers of i didn't this. know that no we saw that did we which is yeah. always cool you know ron howard he's just he's awesome so casey you know i suck at timelines and you know i have adhd and some documentaries are great about timelines, and some are not. This one is, it's beautiful. I love it. Like, visually, it's a great documentary and great information. But each episode, I don't know if you guys noticed this, back and forth, back and forth, back and mm-hmm. forth. There was really no chronology, I felt like. So, Casey, you're really going to have to help I can me do with my this. best. Okay. Yeah, there was some, they did some parts where they actually, like, put the date and then, like, how many days after yeah. the disappearance. But... Yeah, there were things I felt that were back and forth that weren't as seamless as yeah. I would have liked. But yeah, but was... overall, if like you watch the whole thing, it all comes together and it's yes. great. Mm-hmm. So, guys, I have like six pages of notes, and <laughs> I'm gonna. I, there's so much I want to say, but I don't know exactly how to access the information mm-hmm. necessarily. Uh, so, Casey, you're gonna help me through that, right? Yes. Okay. So, where do we want to start? Here's what I have. Elisa Lamb, in 2013, she's a 21-year-old. She arrives in California. She's from, I think, Vancouver? British Columbia. They never say specifically if it's Vancouver, but they say British Columbia. Yeah. So before we get too far in, I did want to take a minute, because we're going to discuss her disappearance and her life, but I wanted to take a minute and acknowledge what an impact she made on the world. And I just kind of wanted to honor her for a minute. My year off of true crime, I really evaluated, like, is this just for entertainment or, you know, I think one of the things is why we like true crime. Tell me if you think I'm wrong here, Jess. But, like, a lot of the victims are women. And I don't know. I just think in a way we're still telling their stories. Yeah. So I want to tell her story. And it made a huge impact on me. So she had a blog. She made a huge impact on the world, too. So you can still read her blog. Um, it's still available and people still post on it today. I don't know if you did that. I didn't I didn't get on her blog. I would like to at some point. Um, she wrote about her life 
and adventure and um, her mental health struggles in a way that like seriously connected and resonated with so many people. And I just remember t- being 21 and so I tried to put myself back in those, in that like time of my life. Um, and so I just feel for her that her life ended so soon. So soon. Yeah. So young. So young. Well, because it's one of those things too for like a 21 year old, no matter, because <clears throat> we'll get into it here in a little bit, but the idea that she was 21, had this idea of this grandiose trip in her head and then just in the way that it did like think back the thought of thinking back to 21 now is even crazy. It's like, that was for me nine years ago for other people more. So oh, for other oh, people. I'm sorry. No, but it's <laughs> no, it's more just the idea of like, like nine years have passed already since I was 21 19. and yeah. And it's yeah. only going to be more and more and more. And she doesn't have that. So that I agree. That's, I appreciate you guys touching on that. Cause it's, yeah. it's, it sucks. It's not good. It's not fun. No, she was just getting started. And part of the reason that she wanted to do this trip, in case you jump in here, because I know you and I talked about this, she wanted to prove that she could travel alone. She wanted to show her independence. And it was a really big deal. I am 39. I've never been on a solo trip, personally. It's on my bucket list. But I've never done it. So I have, like, a lot of respect for her for doing that. <clears throat> on the other hand, I don't know, 21, traveling by yourself, could be a little dangerous, mm-hmm. which sucks that we have to think that way. Right. Um, so, you know, that actually leads us into, like, setting up this scene, this hotel that she stays at, called the Cecil Hotel. Casey, you want to talk about that a little bit? The Cecil Hotel? Yeah. And just kind of, like, set up the scene and, like, skid row and all that stuff. Yeah, so she takes this trip down the coast of California, and when she gets to Los Angeles, she's booked a room at the Cecil Hotel, which has a pretty long dark Dark, history with it so throughout its history it's been home to a serial killer the night stalker (laughs) uh richard rodriguez he held a room there there's a lot of homeless people or people who uh because they do monthly tenants so it's not your typical style of hotel either then it's like people lived there who couldn't afford other housing. Yeah, it's like low income housing. Yeah, because like the laws that were in California, you could you could stay there and they couldn't increase your rent because right. of certain tax. It couldn't evict you. Yeah, yeah. It, it's some kind of zoning, con- zoning contract yeah. thing that they have in place with the city. So not only that happening, then it's was- in a part of Los Angeles that's by a place called Skid Row where the homelessness is rampant, rampant, yeah. and there's people with mental health issues, you know, any kind of number drug problems. people, drug problems that are all down, up and down the the street, the city. So throughout its history, it's grown a reputation of these type housing these types of individuals, the area, and all of that. And then she ends up booking a room there because she's looking online and the kind of she's. A little bait and switch, I feel, where she's, you get this illusion from the internet, from the site, that it is this grand, like, not grand, but a nicer place to stay than it actually is. Yeah. Uh, Because they've also done some renovations where they've split the hotel into two. 
Which and, that part of the documentary surprised me because I've never heard of a, a building in like Splitting 2. They're like, well, no, we're going to have one side oh. that is the rundown garbage. The other side has been renovated. That yeah. was intriguing. Split into more than that because remember they had they had the Cecil Hotel, then they had the Stay on Main that was attached. Right. Mm-hmm. Stay on Main is like the host, like the hostel where they that's what her. she the modern day sized. Yeah. That's where she booked her room through was the Stay on Main. But right. there was no no information about yeah the they, they do they kind of hide the location of where it's at i, I was gonna i say, would say it's more of if you're not familiar with the area and you find yeah. it online and you see the you pictures would not think twice no. yeah you're it's like this is downtown it was like yeah beautiful. but not only yeah. is there no information there's also they they mentioned this in the documentary that there's no like the, like the elevators are shared like there's no like hard wall like not right remember there was the cecil hotel stay on main and then a few floors were designated for people extended oh, housing lived, that's right yeah. there, which were people who a lot of times were dropped off after getting out of jail or prison they were dropped off after like they were discharged from a mental institute yeah they don't have money for a down payment um for like you know a more structured yeah. housing yeah. What, so, yeah so they just pay by the night yeah. so with all of that happening it has this reputation uh and then she ends up renting a room and she's there for a few days and in that time she can before you go there can i just add a few more things about the cecil just to sure. kind of paint the picture so do you remember casey you did a little deep dive on this amy what's her last name amy, amy price. price um she was the manager the general manager i believe at the cecil hotel uh-huh. during this time right so they talked to her a lot during this. So she said that she gave a little history. And she said that in the 10 years that she was there, there were like 10,000 911 calls that they made. The police were there numerous times per day. She also encountered like she would just be doing like a walk down the hall and there'd be police snipers, um, stabbings, like people were getting stabbed, killed. She said there were gruesome deaths regularly. So, I mean, it and it was a 700-room place. Like, that is big. That's massive. That's massive. Because what's, what's the JW in Indianapolis? I have no idea. I have no idea. I bet it's half of that. I bet it's 300. And that's the Huge. big one of the biggest structures in Indianapolis. Yeah. And I think it, you know, it was so trendy and modern on the stay on main side which is then attached to the Cecil Hotel. And the entry, like when you look at those photos online or on the documentary, like it's beautiful. I mean, yeah. it looks like you're staying at like a really fancy place. <clears throat> um, so I think that's important to take into consideration when you think about this 21-year-old who's on this adventure and mm-hmm. she shows up and she probably had no idea what she was getting into with Skid Row and all, all the people that were staying there that yeah weren't just, like, young travelers like she was. Yeah, because I think it's important to note, like, and to keep in the back of your mind, like, as close as she was being from British Columbia, it's still two different worlds, going from British Columbia to Skid Row, Los Angeles. Like, it's substantially different. Yes. Are we going to talk about the manager later? Oh, I want to hear Yeah, you want to hear about Tell these guys what you learned about Amy when you did a little quick deep dive on the internet. I'm very intrigued. <laughs> Did you guys think she was interesting? Interesting I, I'm character intrigued because I have thoughts. About okay, her. yeah, I want to hear. Okay, yeah, you go first, yeah. Case, and then we'll. Explain. So, so with Amy, 
she kind of fell into her position. She had no hotel experience she prior. She mentioned that on the dock. Yeah. yeah. So the way she got into the hotel business, she had a friend whose husband was, I believe, a contractor. And he was doing the renovation part of on the hotel. And she is an interior designer slash jewelry maker. She's making jewelry. Um, <laughs> That's a Portlandia. Yeah. So she, her friend says, hey, do you want to come to Los Angeles? Do this, she help with the renovating and all yeah. this stuff. Yeah. And so that's her going into it. So well, she thought she was just going to help do some interior design. Right. But it ends up being, no, we want to make you the general manager she takes the job. She ends up being there for 10 years. Yeah. Then after all of this happens and she leaves the hotel business, she's now a... She's from Michigan. Jewelry maker, has a website, uh, is a big rock and stone collector, and does... So random. All of this. So and random. No. Is it? Why? Did you have a thought? Because d- isn't the whole idea behind like crystals and like rocks and things like natural mineral f- elements or whatever it is like the whole idea of like crystals is like pure energy, right? Yeah. So was she around so much bad energy that now she's in that realm of like oh. I need pure energy all the time? Jeremy, I don't think yo. so. I don't think I so. Like that. She, I, I, just, I, I just, like that. I'm just, I'm just, no, probably not. I'm probably stretching, but whatever. Casey like, and Jess are like not no. buying no. this. Like, Jeremy was, and I are into this. We're I am into sold. it. Yeah, she was sale. in the business before she got into the hotel. So, um, but you just said she's she more so now. Facts. Jeremy, I think she had she's to go back focusing forward. back on her passion of jewelry making right, because of the negative energy uh, and all of that. I like sure, that. if you want, if you guys can go down that road, that's <laughs> we do. Fine. We want to go down that road. <laughs> okay. Um, and I love that she's from Michigan because you know we're Indiana, Midwestern, Midwestern people here. Great she's, Lakes. She's she talks like a Midwesterner. She's. So from Michigan. Mm-hmm. And what's really funny is like she's got this beautiful like she has this beautiful blonde hair. She kind of looks like a Barbie a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Jewelry, suits, heels. And she like dressed like that every day. And she worked at this place where people were like murdering each other and like people were dying and throwing up and having drug overdoses and all this gross stuff. And she's like took pride in the fact that she did seem like she really took pride in she making the Cecil. Go ahead, Jess. She loved that place. Yeah, Jess, talk about she this. She loved that place. And I just think, like, I don't... Words are hard. Like, <laughs> I... <laughs> oh, that's an irregular occurrence. Like, if, if for some reason, like, you can't collect your thoughts and and, it, and the pause is too awkward, just make the comment, words are hard. Words because are you have hard. To, you have to collect them. It, you have to I don't want to say that she, like... I don't know. I need to collect my thoughts about Jess, her. Jess, just take a minute. I think she gave a lot of clues that... In my opinion, she knew the things that happened at the Cecil and the reputation that preceded the Cecil. And I think that she took pride in the fact that she got the role that she had. And I don't know, she could be from Detroit, which is not a small town. She could be from uh, Lansing, which is not a small town. Or she could be from the smallest town in Michigan. I don't know. We probably could find it. Okay. Well, that's big town then. So, so like, L.A. is big, but not, like, overwhelmingly big. It's not like Indianapolis. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I guess what I'm saying is, like, the context from, like, where she came from to where she went. So, it's not like she didn't know what to expect. So, getting the job, she probably was, yeah, like, flattered, like, really was appreciative. But there was just this level of, like, 
she knew the the reputation. She knew the shtick with the, the Cecil, and she was willing to put up, quote unquote, put up with it or deal with it if it meant her longevity with the career that she was given, as Casey said. So I didn't know this piece of it before Casey started talking about it, so that's interesting because I always had this vibe from her that, like, I don't think she knew what happened to the young lady that, that passed there or that died there, but I think that she it, she kind of, not shrugged it off, but she kind of was just like, this is the Cecil Hotel. This is what happens. Like, she was not numb to it, but she just already had accepted it for what it was, which was the Cecil Hotel has the bad juju around it. Yes. That's why she's in crystal sales in Michigan. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, she's still in Los Angeles. Oh, she's still in LA? No, I thought she lived in Oh, I thought she no, went back to Michigan. She's from there. She stayed in, in LA. LA. Yeah, she's made a pretty good career for herself. Good for her. I totally yeah. buy her jewelry. Well, well where's she at? Where's she at in California now, though? Los Angeles. Like how, cl- I like how close? Like LA. She lives at the Cecil Hall. She yeah. lives there. That would be no. That'd she be actually there. gnarly. She has a penthouse on the top. The whole top floor is of the building is hers. Where the water tanks were. Yeah. She That's lives creepy. up. She just camps out by the water tanks. Oh my god. That's horrible. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Jess, did you flush your thoughts? Yes. So I think. For her, because she was in that position for a very long time, mm-hmm. like significant amount of time. Mm-hmm. I think it takes a special type of person to work at the Cecil Hotel, especially as a man. Like she was the manager, kind right? Like Is that her title? Worker, yeah, general manager. Yeah. You need a like, social worker. If I worked somewhere and there was one murder or any Bye. type of crime, yeah. I would be gone, That's yeah. long I gone. Casey, I said that I'm like. Why didn't she leave? What is, right. Like, so it takes yeah. a, st- a special type of person yeah. to take that role. Very dedicated. And she was passionate about it. She was passionate. She loved that you place. Do respect her for that? I liked her. I, just, I respect her for that. At first I thought she was very corporate, make, you know, like doing the PR stuff where she's just going to say the things to make it sound. But then the more, and then after Casey did his um, deep dive, I was like, oh, she's from Michigan. I, yeah, I liked her. She's got some, what um, Yiddish word is chutzpah, which means, <laughs> which means like tenacity, you're going to stick with it, you're tough. Like, she's definitely that. There's nothing that bitch can't do. Right. Yeah. Okay. I agree. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. So to the disappearance of Elisa, it's Elisa, right? Because I always end up. Elisa, into... yeah. Yeah. Elisa. Because I thought it was almost like Elise. E L I S A. Elisa Lamb. Yeah. That's so, right. <laughs> it almost sounds like a like a band from the eighties. Elisa Lamb. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> okay. she uh she takes this trip, she ends up at the hotel. Then the day of her disappearance, her she's very diligent about checking in with her family. Mm-hmm. So I think it ends up being about twenty four hours. She hasn't contacted her family and mm-hmm. that raises concern on them and they call it in. And this is how the whole ball gets rolling on where she is. So they were, they were hesitant about her leaving, anyways. Yeah, yeah her yeah. parents were not on board, but she was like, she's "I'm gonna 21. prove you myself." Stop it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can't tell her what to do. She's an adult. So she disappears. Uh, the investigators get involved, and they start piecing together things, and they go to the video footage of the hotel. Yeah. And I think this is I think this is why this case became so big in the true crime world because this video ended up going viral um that they had of Elisa in the elevator 
And I think, because one of my questions to Casey when we were just brainstorming about this is, why was this missing persons case, like, so much bigger? Like, polarizing. Yeah. And I think that's why, because... And when we talked about this, I think the the hotel itself has a lot to do with it. But mm-hmm. now that we're talking about it, I think at that point in 2013, YouTube was... Like, on the trajectory. Blowing, like, Blown on up. the cusp of blowing up. Yeah. Um, it was still fairly new, but people were finally learning... A, YouTube was starting to get it set up so you could like monetize, monetize and make up, you know, make some sort of income off of posting videos and things like that. So I think that kind of all meshed together and this with social media, the obsession of true crime yeah. has mm-hmm. just gone off the charts. Mm-hmm. So you have a mysterious video of a young woman and a creepy hotel that has a reputation you see the video and she is acting very strange strange and which you know then you just get the ball rolling off of that yeah so with that and we have seen the video she's acting very strange Mm -hmm. she you see her get into the or get into the elevator she Pushes all of the buttons in the middle of the row. Like elf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, not all of them, but like the middle row, she's yeah. pushing all the buttons. She hides in the corner. <clears throat> she's darting back and forth in and out of the elevator. She's doing all this weird stuff with her hands. Yeah. She's like looking at her hands. And with that, when I see that, yeah, because let's let's talk about that. Because, I wanted like, to know your guys' response, like yeah. your initial reaction to when you saw that video before all of the other details Without came out. Context. Yes. Yeah. So like I remember when we first started watching the doc, because I think that's the biggest thing, is like people like me when you heard about the Cecil Hotel and you're like, what is this? Like, and then you didn't know the reputation of it, and that's what you learned in the documentary. The biggest piece of it was once they showed in the trailer of this of this documentary on Netflix. That video clip of her of this uh, Elisa Lamb acting very peculiar in this elevator, I go, I know this exact clip. Like I've seen this you clip. You had seen it. I had seen it before like on YouTube. Yeah, like oh either either God. YouTube or like it came on like social media. People were like, "What is this girl doing?" Question mark. But of course, like back then when it first happened, You're like, like it was it was just another video on the timeline. Like you didn't think twice about it. You're like, "Oh yeah, she is acting weird." Like whatever. And then people like, "Oh, she got murdered." It's like, "Oh, that's crazy." But 2013 with social media, everything's taking your attention away so right, you don't think about it right until Unless you start until you started getting these long tailed documentary series that were coming out about like these crimes that people were like enamored with mm-hmm. so when the video or when i saw that on the trailer i was like i know this video i i recognize this so now i'm intrigued like how do these two things tie together that's so, cool yeah so like once we saw that piece of the documentary of her being very peculiar in the in the elevator and doing things that you can tell were not just a rational behavior for someone to do by themselves, it's captivating. Like you're just like, what is going on? And I think that's where a lot of people kind of going off what you're saying is the idea that that is what made it so clamoring for people was just like, well, we need to figure this out. Like this is the only shred of evidence we have for this person that died at this hotel that has a reputation that precedes itself. Let's rip it apart like let's tear it apart like piece by piece and figure it out and the internet being as as great and as crazy as it is like that's where people just kind of took off with it right i think the police released it right to hope they were hoping that 
someone would know something or give it well, I mean because why else would they have released I it? think at that point they were in a at a point in the investigation where they I think exhausted all of their yeah. leads and their assumptions on things and they needed probably a fresh set of eyes to, and they need you know so then they I think from all of these documentaries that we've been watching mm -hmm. the police and the investigators always seem very reluctant to release right yes. video or any type of evidence because of situations like this that it just Blows takes up. off into another direction i'm and, always in the camp that everything for law enforcement is kept close to the vest until they are out of options and yeah. then they release it right i've always always and there's another uh case in close to indiana that's the delphi the two girls that got murdered in delphi uh -huh. i still think that one is one where they had enough information until they didn't and then they released videos and photos and sound bites to the public because they ran out of options even yeah. though they were quoted multiple times saying, like, we have it. We know what we're doing. I don't think they did. Well, right. here's what I happened. always have that in my head. I think you're absolutely right. So um, Tim Marsha, he is and Greg Kading, they are two of the um, detectives that worked on this case from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so they're interviewed, and I love them. They are very well-spoken, and they explain things well. You can just tell they're very genuine, and they really wanted to get justice for Elisa and her family. Um, so there were hundreds, so this is according to what they said on the documentary, they had hundreds of hours of video to go through, okay? Yeah. And they went minute by minute, and they were in a little office for 20 hours a day. Yeah. I mean, this, I can't even imagine, like, what that would be like. They actually, I don't know if we said this or not, but they never actually saw her leave the hotel. Right. No, That's, yeah. they... But we didn't. We have to go back to Jess because I we didn't get her initial oh, yeah. reaction yeah. to what you thought to of the, the video. video. Oh yeah. So first time seeing it without context, I believe in ghosts and spirits. You do and paranormal. Yes. Paranormal. Yeah. So first time seeing it without knowing any of the background, I was like, "This girl is possessed," or there is something that we cannot see in this elevator with her. And then they show it multiple times throughout the documentary. The more I saw it, I was like, well, there's obviously just someone standing outside of the elevator and she's scared of them. So you mm -hmm. went through that process. Yes. Because okay. my initial reaction was she's on drugs. That was Casey. That, yeah, that's, a, that's was, a good take. She, where my mind went was she's 21. She's on vacation. She's on this trip to experience things, learn stuff about herself take risks or you know do things that she probably normally wouldn't be do a 21 year old being 21 yeah. and somebody she met or something you know hooked her up gave her some sort of hallucinogen <clears throat> because when you like watch how she's like looking at her hand and like doing so, all that stuff that, that was my initial reaction i'm on that train now when i first saw it back in 2013 and then i associated the associated with the documentary then i wasn't so sure but now that's my thought formulated as i watch the documentary i'm on that boat so yeah. that, that was where yes. i was at okay i'm not gonna give mine yet i'm gonna wait because i don't want to give anything away um <laughs> <laughs> All right, so where are we, Casey? What do we need to cover next? They have the video. They've scoured all of the 
cameras in the hotel, hours of footage, like you just said, May, where they're sitting in front of a screen 20 hours a day, just trying to find her location inside the building. They find her in the hotel. Then they never see her leave Leave, the hotel. They see her leave the elevator, and that's the last known thing that we have of her. Then they, like you said, Meg, they get to a point where they end up releasing the video to the public, and then that's kind of where it just goes off the rails, and then you welcome in the web sleuths. Yes, welcome web sleuths. Who have a lot of insight on their opinions and theories, and they watch this video hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times, dissecting it, analyzing it, and trying to figure out what was going on. Like, people even go as far as, like, they want blueprints of the hotel so they can understand, like, where could she have possibly gone when that video, when she exits the frame of the video. Right, yeah. Why do you guys think they were so invested, the web sleuths? Because they were, what, like, they, on the documentary, there were, what, like, five of them? Well, five, uh, there were uh, main ones that the documentary focused on. Yeah. But who knows how many were a part of this whole It blew up. Crusade. Um, you're, you ask why they partake in it? Is that what you want? Yeah, I just wonder why they picked this. You think it's because the video was so creepy? I think, so... yeah, it's a bizarre video. You, it, you have... I really did have chills when it's, I watched it. It's abnormal behavior. Yeah, it is, absolutely. You, I mean, look at how all three of our opinions, mm-hmm. or four Different, of our opinions, yeah. vary in what we think was going yeah. on at yeah. that moment. Yeah. Um, so one, one of the guys that gets interviewed on there, though... I truly think that he himself had like, he should look at himself in the sense of like your mental stability. You shouldn't be re- like, I felt like he was projecting his oh, mental stuff. instability onto the, the situation that was at hand because he was he, like, just I think it by was his John Sabini. Maybe. The one you're talking about. Dark, oh. Was he have dark hair? Maybe. Shaved, yeah. Like shaved head. Yeah. Maybe because it just felt like he almost invented, like he made a comment about like I cried at her funeral yeah. plot. Yeah, and it's like while while it's tragic, you don't know this person. Mm-hmm. So while sense. while you put you put all this time and effort into it, I understand that, but it's also like you yeah. don't know this person. So yeah. it's it's just it's crazy that someone can invest so much time, so much effort, and so much just energy, and then that's the reaction they have is just like that much just damage to their psyche. It's like. Wow, and he—that's the guy who started a Facebook group too. Yes, he's—I yeah. think he's the one that started so it. So yeah. he was in dental school, and this is according to the documentary. He was mm-hmm. in dental school, and he had extra time on his hand at yep. some point, and he dedicated his life to. Remember this? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just yeah, which, and he, his emotions also didn't make much sense to me, Jeremy, because when you said. Uh, the whole her grave thing and all that yes. he wasn't even there he had somebody he knew go there and videotape it and like oh. send it back to him so he he wasn't there in his like i, know. Own yeah, I don't physical I think thing. we were a fan of this guy yeah, yeah. he is a bizarre any that stuff is bizarre to me anyway because, yeah because like you said jeremy i don't understand how you can get so invested into somebody that you don't yeah. know or you never even knew existed well, until this moment yeah so so, so kind of going back to what you were saying that like why so why would someone get so invested and so like enamored with this I, th- I think th- there's probably a, di- a couple different like lanes of thought one of them is probably just the curiosity one of them is probably the the amateur 
wannabe detective where it's kind of like you're a murder mystery fan. You're like, I want to try to help this as much as I can. Some of it's probably projecting issues that you're, or maybe just like tabling issues that you have on your own, in your own thought where you're just kind of like, let me have any distraction I possibly can. For my own shit. Yeah. So there's, there's (laughs) probably, honestly, and, and in the day of the day and age of social media, everybody just wants to be a part of something wants to be in in kind of ingrained in something so something like this where it's a tragedy and everyone what's the oldest saying in the book is like i couldn't keep my eyes off it it was like a train wreck or it was like a car wreck like i think for some of them it was they were into the cause like let's solve this murder yes and some of them i think were into making money and monetizing their youtube i think that's fair but then i think so i think that's probably a third a third and then the final third is probably just honestly people wanting to be a part of like the something greater than themselves like they thought like well this is already taken on a life of its own so let me be greater than what i already am right so i i I bet there's probably pieces there's probably even more there's probably that's probably not as simple as just a third a third and a third it's probably like a hundredth a hundredth a hundredth of everybody and anybody yes let's talk about the conspiracy theories that came out of these lovely web sleuths and all of their extra time on their Mm. hands okay Mm. where do you guys want to start with that well so we talked about the guy and then there was other ones that just came out of nowhere. There wasn't there one crazy one that had to deal with like government testing of a of a vaccine or something like that. Yes. What was what was what had to do with that? That would be the um, like, tuberculosis. Thing. That's what Let TV, me tell you TV. what I remember about this. Then we yeah. can like fill in the gaps. Yeah. Okay. Here's how this. Here's how I remember it. So there's about forty six hundred people, I believe, that got infected with homeless homeless people on skid row who were infected with tuberculosis yeah uh just a few days after elisa lamb disappeared yeah after she disappeared yeah okay and so some of these web sleuths thought that because she went to this university in vancouver that is known for tuberculosis research that's right oh that's right remember i I actually forgot about that part yeah she was a government agent for working for the united states government to try to wipe out the homeless population, she would infect them somehow. Right. Something like that. It, I don't know if she was working for the United States, but it was some sort of government agent. Maybe we had work to deal with Canada to bring maybe down the Cana- a yeah. undercover that's, and that's a tuberculosis deep dive. student. It's very deep dive. Well, and then there's the test for how you test for tuberculosis, is, yes. which is... How, what's the name it's of not it? Lisa. It's called the Lamb Elisa, and it's spelled just like her name. But, but it's, it's literally backwards. flip-flopped, yeah. yeah. And that is the name of the I test. I mean, so I will give that. So what was the word that they kept repeating on the... the synchronicities. Yes. There's no way that this can all be coincidence. It's called synchronicity. So what, like, what is the definition of synchronicity anyway? It is a thing of... Or did you have it written down, Meg? I'm just making sure. Go for the definition. So synchronicities is a compounding series of things that seems to be related, but have no obvious connection, and like it would indicate that higher forces are at play. And my favorite journalist, my favorite person um, in the documentary, Josh Dean, I believe is his name. Who's He's an actual journalist, yeah. not a web sleuth. Right. Um, he talks about this. Like he's like, yeah, I get it. I get there were a lot of these. Oh, but I do remember this. Yeah. Remember him? Because he was cr- he was pretty like crass. Like he was just like fact of matter. Like, like he was like, yeah, 
I get it. It makes sense. But like he tried to rationalize as much as he could, but he was also like, then he I would said be, something. I think didn't he, wasn't he the one that was like quoted saying those like, I would be lying if I would, would, didn't say that this all aligns very well. Like he was like, I would be lying if I didn't at least he say said like, something I, like, but it's super fucked up. Yeah. Oh no. He said, it's really fucking weird. That's yeah. what he quoted said. That. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he was like, I, I can say that. Yes. These are all these things are very weird and bizarre, but I can't buy into that type of thing because it's all just very fucking weird. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. And I, I appreciated him. Yeah. He what was other, like the best part. What other ones were there? Okay. So like we had, I think Jess has one that, Oh, the, 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 there was the TB and then there was another big one. Is there another big conspiracy? Morbid. <laughs> All right, <Jeff. laughs> And I don't know if he was so much a conspiracy as he was just like your favorite I think it's just, well, theory. Well, so he was capitalizing on, uh, maybe that's a very bad term for, yeah. the, for the time, but we said YouTube was at its infancy trying to, like people were starting to monetize from it. He capitalized on his uniqueness to put it politely. Oh, yeah. But he mm-hmm. didn't, Go ahead. Go ahead, Jess. Jess tell us, because Jess is very passionate before about Before we get into that, let's tell the story. Tell the I don't story. Know, I don't, I asked tell if us. I had to tell details, guys, <laughs> tell and you said no. Details. Tell us about Morbid. <laughs> okay, I will give no, a quick No, because I'll, I'll, go. to Jeremy, to your point, Okay. he was not trying to get out to make money. Like, he was, was just on YouTube, and then these sleuths found him found his he was just video like a random guy that they found and so, because yes because he talked because about it, the devil he well, talked no, no, no. about like he was no. in a death metal band yeah no it was there was one specific video where he actually quoted like being at this like he said i was at the cisa hotel i killed her so yes. that's what i'm saying like no yes he did yes he, he did. did he did so like he he capitalized on like the popularity of what was going on but he used it in like his own unique pattern of saying no 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 now just is ready now just ready Go. so he posted a video at the cisa hotel but the video was from uh, one year prior to when Elisa Lamb went like went missing. Oh but yeah, we didn't know but he was there. But because, we didn't know that when they right. first started talking because about Morbid. Web sleuths were like just jumped to conclusions and and just like because remember they were like researching yeah. anybody who stayed there, anybody yeah. who worked there, and they were just like doing these deep dives on the internet. And that's how they found him because I think one of his videos, right? What were you saying was titled? He was oh, at Jess, the... did you say it? Morbid Cecil Hotel? He was there. Yeah. Like, he he, he was, there. was there. He visited the Cecil Hotel. So these web sleuths, like, connect that. And, and but, he did... Go ahead. Oh, yeah. So this is... You if can we're tell we're t- passionate about that. <laughs> like, I, 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 I love Morbid. Uh, I hope yeah. Morbid has a great life now. That, like, like, he went through so much. Everyone yes. destroyed his life. And now I hope, like, the tides are turning. Yeah. Yeah. It's horrible. Like, Casey, expand, and then we'll go back to that. So this is what I get really frustrated about these web slits, okay? Because in this documentary, they talk very condescending at points about these investigators and the police and all of that. Like, why didn't they, when they were up on the roof and they had these dogs, they didn't look into the water tanks and this and that. And you're telling me you can't look at a video... That was posted on YouTube and see the posting date that it was a whole year prior, right. and then you're gonna go after a person. 
sleuths. They're not professional investigators. It, it, yeah. That's what frustrates me is like the arrogance they have they're not to police, they're not mental health turn their nose up at law enforcement investigators who do this for a living. Yeah. And they have be like, a lot of training. Oh, you missed this? Yeah. How did you miss this? And then the next thing, they're they're cyberbullying another person More and right. they don't even know. So that's where Jess and, and, and you, that's where you yeah. both were kind of coming in is like the fact that like this guy who. Jeremy, paint a picture for us. What do you look like? What do you do? <laughs> he, so if, if you ever, if you know the band Slipknot, they are very metal. They, they have a shtick of wearing specific like masks and different mode like different just costume and and scary yeah a little bit yeah so but it's but it's scary because it's one of those things that like we were taught and conditioned over the last 30 years of like horror movies like this is supposed to be scary masks and all this other stuff so like he the guy morbid released death metal songs that that have very um Dark. dark dark lyrics dark like undertones. Uh, undertones thank you Casey yeah so like so he had all these things come out and then it, it just made him a primal target or Nothing a prime target I believe movies. there was a conspiracy about his lyrics though yeah oh, is that Talk right that. I don't remember that. exactly what he said but it, it's I think it was something along the lines of like I killed her or like yeah. I something did that, it or like she oh, died because of me or like what's some... that called just when the calling card or like the thing the serial killers do where they leave like they want oh, you to find oh, out. Gosh. I want to say token, not their token. Not, I thought the same thing. Their trophy. 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 So they thought he was dropping little trophy nuggets in his yeah. music. Yeah, with his lyrics. and Because he said something about taking somebody to the out to the sea and putting them in water. He also said something, and, he said something yeah. about China. Uh, and, and that he, she's yes. from China, yes. you know, and she's of Chinese descent. That's what... With the web sleuths, that's what starts frustrating me. Is because if you're so fixated on something, you can make exactly. your focus point fall into that you're no gonna, matter what. You're going to manifest anything you can to, to match your the narrative that you're telling yourself in your head. Like, well, no, this is it. When if, when if you looked at the, the past year of the guy's lyrics, like he made everything about like death, murder, because that's what like death metal is. Before she ever disappeared. Correct. Like, so yeah. That's just what he was so that's the unfortunate thing is because then the guy started getting like death threats and like cyberbullied. Cyber so like you feel bad for him because he like he came on after he came on the documentary saying like. Of course, I didn't do this. Like it's a like I, it's a passion I have with this side of it. So He's like, like a normal looking guy. There yes. was a point where the Mexican police, because I think he lived in Mexico. Yes, Mexican. like he he was from Mexico City, and then like I think once the heat started getting on him, he was like, I'm gonna go back home to Mexico, Mexico to, City. And then the police, Mexican police, show up and they're like, Are you sacrificing animals or? people for the devil and he's like, he's like no, no dude and like no and that was it he's like left. i'm not doing that so like please leave me alone right and that's all they well that's the thing if he if wasn't arrested. you were web sleuthing at your maximum you also would have done your due diligence and found out that this man was in mexico at the time when of her happened. murder yeah. recording an album but because he's a musician that's exactly but, why they're sleuthing you know detective, you're gonna you know? sit there and yeah, do all that and then you're just a bully you're yeah. a it's keyboard bully like that's yeah. all that it is yeah. and so yeah and it's messed this guy's life up and that's the other well he seems to have bounced back I don't, in some I don't think way. he bounced back because he said he can't even write music or play music anymore and yeah, that was he hasn't thing. played music since right i hope right. the documentary gave him some form of like i, I so think too. so i hope he got a good enough following on social media where people are just like man just team, let's, hashtag team morbid. let's let's do team that let's morbid, get online man. and do that team you know that's not my style of music but, no, but i'm a but fan anyways it. 
Well, I mean, think about it. There, so many people watch disgusting horror movies. We love true crime. Yes. Like we're yeah. kind of morbid right. ourselves. That's a good, so, good point. You know point. why? Why go after him? Just yeah. And Casey, I loved your point that you made about like if they're so good at this web sleuthing stuff, and they're going to be so critical of the police and investigators, they couldn't even see the date. Yeah. They, like, Isn't it posted right under the title yeah. of the video? Yeah. That's actually a perfect segue into um, the timestamp drama. Do you remember this? Oh, that's, yes, yes. yes. And that and that doesn't do, that. so we're off more morbid. We're yeah. now going back to the so, video, which was the only piece of evidence for her, dis- for her disappearance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So some of the web sleuths felt like, or proved maybe, that the video of her in the elevator was slowed down. Doctored. Doctored. There, there were you parts go. of it that were omitted. Yeah. So, which it is kind of genius how they figured that out. I mean, no, and, and I, I and I, so this is once again this is the difference between sleuths and trained like professional detectives and investigators. Of course, you can determine that these things were like edited. So I, I think a big piece that we didn't mention at all actually yet is the idea that the elevator never closed. So everyone was oh, always yeah. just like, why is the door not closing? Like, what's the deal with this? Blah, blah, blah. And that can kind of, if, if you're really in, you want to do a deep dive, you can kind of go back to a Jess. If you've never just like, been in an elevator before. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, and so there's no audio. It was, stay, it stayed open for a long time. Correct. Significantly longer than <clears throat> what an elevator be? should yeah. stay open. So like, if you want to go back. you're pressing the door. She pressed it once, though. Well, but that's so. Once again, this is another conspiracy. Is that someone said like, "Well, was she pressing the door open, or was she actually pressing the door, or the door closed, or was she actually pressing the door open because of the way it was actually?" And she thought like she was not in a good state where she was actually pressing door open. I'm just keeping it open. Yeah, and because there's no audio, was that buzzing noise happening, and none of us could hear it because that buzzing noise is just an alert for someone to get out of the way for the door to actually close. Mm -hmm. So. Going back to originally, like, yes, they could have determined that the, the door or the video has been altered and doctored. But the problem with that is, is like the video that was released to the public was released to the public in, in the format that the cops wanted it to be, re- be released to the public. Right, which they are allowed to hold back certain information. Yeah. If they, uh, as they go on with the investigation and they bring in suspects and they question them, you know, there's certain things that they want to hold back, right? So yeah. They can verify. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. No, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So the, and that's so that's the thing is it's the idea that like everyone's just like well what are they hiding it's like they're not hiding anything they're just omitting the things that aren't important and or we, things that they want to double check with the the person that they think did it like yeah seeing if they can get that out of them yeah so and, and it just goes back to this whole idea of like people are what Casey said a little bit ago <clears throat> it's this idea that people will formulate and manifest these things that they want to think is true because they're like this it's the only thing that makes logical sense to them and you're like it. Unfortunately, it's not as crazy as that. It's it's just as simple as like they edited the video as as the police force did. Because didn't you say they went through like twenty hours a day of video? Yes. So it's like yeah, they probably just omitted a bunch of crap that right. they didn't want to Nobody put in there. Wants to see a hundred seventy-five so, million hours of that. Yeah, I and don't know. I know I don't want to sound like I'm super smart or anything, but when I first originally watched the video. <laughs> And I thought she was tripping out on something. And then they started talking about her button pressing and the door being open. And my initial reaction to that was, well, when you're in an elevator, as we all have been at some point, there's the two buttons for the door to open, to stay open, or Mm -hmm. there's the one to close it faster. So 
my logical side of my brain was like, well, the, that's usually at the very last row of buttons. Mm-hmm. And it's very plausible that it fell in line with the middle row that she was <clears> punching. And then on top of that, when she's bouncing in and out of it, that's going to keep the door open because it's also based off of motion. So, because yeah. like, you know how you just stick your hand in there and it'll stop? Have you like, ever been in an elevator with small children? It's probably obnoxious. I think that's why I wasn't alarmed yeah. by that because like my girls, when they were younger, like they would press all the buttons. I was like, yeah. something out of the diaper bag. They're pressing all the buttons. Like, you can keep that door open for a long time. Right. <laughs> and I get the suspicion on the video of because like the door when it finally starts closing it like skips yeah but like it jumps forward um but to me that's such a minute type of thing just, it's like, yeah too. i was gonna say i just yeah. thought it was like old character. yeah yeah like it didn't really phase me right yeah. and that's what just what cracked me up about some of this stuff was just so like okay, you're, wait, you're digging one deep more. one more we got to talk about okay you guys the dark water movie do you remember this? Oh yeah, this was put. This was presented towards the end of the documentary, right? Like people were like, you can't. Once again, synchronicity. You can't deny the fact that this is so unique. So the Dark Water movie. It was originally made in Japan, I believe, and it was remade in the yeah. United States with the guy from John C. Riley. John C. Riley. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Oh, Shake, I didn't realize in that movie. Yes. Shake and bake. What? Shake and bake. I yeah. missed that. You missed that part. You guys. Him yeah, and uh, Jennifer Connelly. I knew yes. Jennifer Connelly was in it, but I didn't know. I did not know John C. Reilly yeah. was in it. That's kind so, of funny. So, um, mom and daughter move into a uh, apartment. It's a park extended stay yeah. hotel. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, okay. And so shabby. all this weird shit starts happening. About why the girl, why was... the little, so the mom and the daughter, the little girl is like six or seven, and she has on a red hooded sweatshirt or a red jacket. It looks a lot like the one Elisa Lamb was found, which she was wearing that day that she went missing. Um, and she's at, in the video footage from the elevator. She has that red. Mm-hmm. put a sweatshirt on and so and then also the brown water which we'll get to in a little bit and what else happened that was the same oh it's a girl yeah i can't really say the last part in the elevator so yeah what go happened ahead. to that Do little it. girl <coughs> she fell Spoiler into alert. the water tower the little girl fell into the water tower and because on the roof of the place they were on staying on the roof of the place they were staying yeah so like there's so that's People were like, there's no way this is so similar, and it came out before the events happened. Right. We haven't told everybody what happened. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert on our own podcast. (laughs) So where they found Elisa Lamb's body was on top of the Cecil Hotel in their water tanks, because one of the tenants complained to management they tasted the water and it had come out okay, of the so faucet there was, there was this brown. couple that they interviewed on the podcast they or on the uh documentary english they were remember them yes they were european which means that like the idea and this is where going back i'll backtrack real quick and then we'll come back yeah is the idea that like dual advertising for one side the hostel one side right. the cecil yeah they were their 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 common terminology right. is like they're like oh american hostel we'll just stay there downtown so is, la this yes looks great this which looks is great. why it's so like sketchy that they were like they right. didn't even address it like oh it's not hotel cecil it's something different but it's not it so that's the part that's like why is this couple in this documentary and, <laughs> and then, then it's it like, clicked oh yes <laughs> because it's all the same 
water tank system. Yes. Right? It's, well, it's all the same air ducts, the same elevators, Everything. the same water. Yeah. So it's like the fact that they just advertise it as like, oh, the American style hostel, this English couple, God bless them, is just like, oh, we'll just stay in a hostel because we're used to that. Oh, were sweetie. They, were they staying on the hostel side? Yes. The young, the stay on main the side? I think so, yeah. Okay. I'm pretty so, sure. Yes. I believe so. I think so, yes. So they were interviewed, and so they said that when they got to their room, when they first checked in, they were disgusted. Like, the carpet was sticky. Yes. Everything was dirty. Everything was disgusting. But they're like, okay, well, for the price, it's really good, and we're just going to go. We're in L.A. Yeah. We're hardly LA. here. We're coming here to we're sleep. We're just going to sleep here at night. Well, then, like, as the days go on, they realize their water is starting to turn brown. Well, even before that, it was low water pressure. Yeah. Low water pressure. Yeah. So it was, like, low water pressure, and then on top of that, they're, like, at one point, they washed their hands, and they're, like, the water that was, like, compiling in the bottom of the sink was, like, brown, and they're, like, my hands aren't that dirty. And at some point around there that you find out that they're staying there at the same time. Yes. At least Lam is. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what... They report it to the management. They report it. And then my favorite person, I'm going to call him Senior. Okay. Senior Santiago Lopez. Yes. He's my favorite. He was He was, great. He was the, the janitorial manager of the CISO Hotel. Yes. He is the one who then goes to investigate, like, what's going on with mm-hmm. then the water. That couple was moved to another room, and that water was doing the same thing. They also said, oh, God, this is so gross. <clears throat> um. It was brown, and they had brushed their teeth with it. And, and drank they, it, and, drank they, it, and, and it tasted weird. Yes. So gross. So, they're probably so like, well, I guess this is America. This is America. Probably, <laughs> like, uh, which is sad, but that's probably where they're like, oh, this is just American water. Or they were probably like, just surprised. I don't know. May, yeah, or they were just like, you know what, it's, we get what we pay for? Because that's, yeah. probably, that's probably a universal it, term across all countries and, and nationalities. It's mm-hmm. like, you get what you pay for. In a hostel, maybe they're thinking, like... It is what it is. So, But they're, but they're grossed out at this point, and they report Anybody to would be, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, Senor Santiago, that's what I'm going to call him, um, he is head of maintenance. He starts investigating, right? Mm-hmm. And then what? He goes up to... He goes up to check tanks. the water tanks. Like the actual source from where the water's come from, yeah. Yeah, and that's where they find where he finds Elisa's body. Mm-hmm. Right. So he, um, and I just love, I feel for him. Did you feel for him? Absolutely. Like, he's oh, yeah. tearing up while he's talking about it. And it's in Spanish. He's in Spanish. You know, he's speaking in Spanish. And so there's subtitles. But, like, you can just tell that this was definitely, like, the most difficult day. What? Are you, why are you laughing? <laughs> You're like, he was speaking in Spanish and there were subtitles that you could, like, see. I don't know. I don't know. I'm <laughs> just like, yeah, you can watch his face. So yeah. He starts crying. Yeah, he's tearing up. <laughs> he was his getting as, wait, what is it? Is it Polish? Uh, Vaklempt? Vaklempt. Vaklempt. Yiddish. Is it Yiddish? Yiddish. Okay. Good okay. job, Jeremy. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> we say it in my family all the time. Vaklempt. 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 He was definitely Vaklempt. Yeah. Um, and I love him because he was so genuine. So he finds her. Then he comes yeah. to me. That calls they call the police. The police. Yeah. That's when the police. Because she's already been missing. Well, yeah, yeah, she's been missing for days. Yeah, it's been over two weeks. Couple all weeks. over the news. Yeah. All over the news. But have not found the body until she's missing. missing. Santiago. I'm calling him Senor Santiago. Santiago for respect. I, I like it. I like it. All right. Mm-hmm. So like, it's just one of those things that like, after all of everything that came out and all the sleuths were doing their work for like two solid weeks and then everything. <laughs> That was coming out was just like this is wrong, this is wrong, this is the conspiracy, this is the conspiracy. Even post discovery of her, you just can't help but think back to the original video, oh, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, 
we've got four months, you guys, where the um, autopsy is being finalized. Oh, that's right. And the toxicology report and all of that. I just want to take a minute and say her family, when they showed footage of her family, because they had flown to... It was a little weird. Did you think? I yes. thought they just looked heartbroken. I They looked kind of just stone cold stern. But I also wonder if that's kind of like a cultural thing. It might thing. be a cultural I thing. I think it's a cultural thing. I, I mean, I yeah. keep it in the family. I don't know for they sure, did but not I speak at the pe- the press conference. Yeah, well, and that could be, I thought that it could was be a cultural thing, attorney, and attorney, just like like was like, don't speak. Like we need to like talk to the hotel first before you guys say anything. So that could be attorney rule, but they definitely looked upset though. They definitely yeah. they looked devastated. I see. I wouldn't go as far as devastated. I would just say upset. Really? Yeah. Oh. That was my perception. <laughs> really? I'm, I'm the outlier. Uh, then my perception was definitely just like like upset, but like not distraught they were just kind of like it is like this happened and oh i didn't feel that way did you see the lines on their face yeah, maybe because we're trained in observation maybe right? yeah maybe it's my like lack of because we work notice. in mental health we are trained in observation. maybe maybe right either way. either way i felt like that was very genuine definitely a cultural thing like dad sticks out in my mind dad yeah me too yeah i saw that like yeah. I saw, did you see it casey uh, yes, I did. All right, well, it's just me then. Okay, Jamie. Well, and <laughs> typically, Asians in their culture, they, yeah, like Chinese they're, culture they're is not very... made to show emotion. Yeah, and you keep it in the family. Yeah, but it's enough. They they oh. had enough going on of it. like they yeah. were very devastated. Dis- yes. devastated. Yeah. Yes, uh, but as tears go, that's not them. You know, no, there were, like the, there were no the actual queen. tears in that yeah. moment, yeah. but, they right. but you could still that. see it on their yeah. face that right. they were very distraught. It's just me. I, I just didn't notice. So watch well. it again, <laughs> Jeremy. <laughs> I just need to watch it again. That's watch it again. You're out. Hey, I'm the outlier. Hey, Review the tape. You have ADHD. You probably I, tuned out for like two minutes. That two minutes. <laughs> probably tuned did. out. I do yeah. that all the time. But. So the family's there. Um, so this is where, I don't know, Casey, should we talk about the coroner's report? Yeah, they- so they find Senor Santiago finds her in the water tank, and then the autopsy, they run an autopsy on her, mm-hmm. and that takes four, five months or so, pretty decent four amount months. of time. Um, and then through that, they find a number of things which you well can we just jump into can jump into okay so the coroner's remember this the coroner's report is finally released is that okay if i go there yeah okay the coroner's report is finally released to these freaking web sleuths or just released to the public i should say and they find everything they can to i don't know scrutinize the web sleuths yes yeah Okay, so this coroner who I love, and Jeremy won't let me look at my notes, but it's no, doctor, just, just, just um, talk about him. Don't rely on your notes. Yes, okay. there, there we go. Don't rely on him. I just want to give him it. credit because, oh well, you can watch the documentary and I'll post something about it. I love this coroner. I think he did such an amazing job. He analyzes everything. He, he, Finds out. Oh, so one of the things that the web sleuths are like so annoyed about, or like so skeptical about, the dates. Do you remember this? Yes. The yes. Dates. So they, it's like March fifth, March eighteenth, is is the date. So they did like a three eighteen, right? Yes. Yeah, something and, like that. But they they feel the web sleuths say, okay, 
and you can see it on the on the documentary, but they show the coroner's report and it's scratched out, right? One of the dates they like wrote No. Okay. Retell it's not it. Scratched out. It's like it's a five, but then they change it to an eight. Casey, what? can okay. you help me? So what <laughs> Here's what I'm trying to explain. I like really practiced okay. this, and then I just didn't. And I just you, didn't deliver. Yeah, God bless your heart, <laughs> Casey. Come on. So on the report, the coroner's there, report, the coroner's report. There were boxes, and one of them was accidental death, and the other was like unproven. Like they couldn't prove it, and initially. They checkmarked the couldn't prove one, and that was wrong. So they scratched it out. They wrote error next to it, and then they checked the accidental part and dated it, and it was like March or June. March. 18th, 2013. Yeah, it was 2018. On, 2018. But on the one side, it looked like 18. So and the one that on was the other side, the pen just was kind of like bleeding. Yeah, right. I didn't yeah. have enough ink to finish that. But when he points it out, and you it's clear as day. Yeah, You're you like, can oh, see okay. it. And let me just tell you, I've, I, Jess, I don't know if you know if you've ever done hand charting. You probably just do computer. Yeah, we're, we're okay. So two, 2009, when I <laughs> when I graduated with my master's, and I worked at um, an inpatient hospital, and I had to take notes. No, this is Casey's rolling his eyes at me right now. But listen, we were still doing handwritten notes in the charts. Okay, so you'd see a, a patient, you know, have your interaction with them. You have to chart it. You're taught like you always cross it out, initial it, date it. Yeah, like that is absolutely. He followed the exact protocol right. that everyone's taught. Mm-hmm. So the fact that these web we sleuths, do stuff, like, well, we take our data on tablets, but we still like, I still know that. Yeah, and you still know that. And okay. it's, just, it's like, it's like, of course they're just like, well, what are they trying to hide? Or like, right. what are they? It's just and a it's fucking just like, mistake because you've been working like, for twelve hours straight. Yeah, and it's tired. like this is just my this a is it's procedure, but b I messed up because I wrote something wrong, so I just need to scratch it out really quick so it's not mistaken. Well, and there's a specific way you do it. You mm-hmm. scratch it out. Um, we were told to write error. And then initials and date. And mm-hmm. like it's he followed the protocol that it looked very normal to yeah. me. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and these web sleuths are just like trying to tear it up. They're trying to right. find no, not even tear oh, it apart. No. They're remember, trying to just manifest and find something. They're just Do you remember trying... what they said? They said mm-hmm. they thought that maybe the LAPD was trying to cover something up. Yeah. Yeah, they keep talking about a cover up. And outside of the tuberculosis angle. I don't know. They never they say what up? are they trying to cover well, up. Well, they were working. The theory is they were working together with the Cecil Hotel, and someone from the Cecil Hotel maybe like murdered. Who at the Cecil why. Hotel why? is why? so evidence. important yeah. for the LAPD to be like, oh, we'll keep yeah. this hush hush. Yeah. Like it just doesn't make sense. It's it's trying to reach for something that's not there. There was something else on the coroner's report. What was it? You guys remember? There was something else on there? There was the date and then... And the error. The error. Because originally it was the cause of death um, was... The the official cause of death was... Accidental. Accidental with bipolar... Accidental drowning with bipolar as a significant contributing factor. Yeah, right. but then after that it was marked as like unknown, right? 
was or that before it? it was marked unknown. That something. might have been it. Yeah, yeah, they charted it unknown, and then, and then that's wait. when he scratched it yes. out. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. That's so, what it was. Yeah, yeah. So, but it was all. If you watch the documentary, it was all completely explainable, like completely explainable. Yeah. And so that's probably a good time to go into like. There's all these theories we talked about, mm-hmm. like what really happened. And I want to say that I am so thankful for this documentary because a few years ago when I first um, found this case, it was a podcast I was listening to. I can't even remember which one. And it was really strange and I was very weirded out by it. I wasn't sure what to think. But I'm really glad they did this documentary so thoroughly and I feel like they gave actual answers, which most of the stuff that's out there about this case, there it's like... There's no answers. and I, Speculative everything. And I feel like, okay, remember when we were watching, I showed you that, was it Ghost? Ghost Hunters? No, Ghost Adventures, that D-bag There's guy. a show called Ghost Adventures. Or is it's it not, event- no, it was Ghost Hunters. It's on no, Discovery. No, Ghost Adventures, I see it right here. She has it pulled up. Okay, I have it pulled Ghost up. Ghost Adventures. This is real. I can't remember. It's got that douche on it. The guy you don't Come like. Come at me, bro. You want to talk to children so that and scare was, kids? Yeah. So a year ago, if you guys want that? to watch this. He's yelling at ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> like he's bot- He's trying to body <laughs> yeah. a ghost. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, I have oh. to defend myself. Okay. Go ahead, Jess, because you believe in the paranormal. Go I ahead. believe in the paranormal, but that's fucking no. weird. No. Yeah. Yeah. That guy. <laughs> That, that, that dude doesn't know what he I watched that show just to make fun of he's it. He's just a little too he's much. He's exploiting that type of thing. I feel like he was because that his two-hour special, Ghost Adventures, Cecil Hotel, came out two, a year ago on the Travel Channel. And so Casey and I watched some of it. And it's it's just ridiculous. It's, well, you didn't even know who this guy was. And I tried to tell you. like he's ridiculous. I only yeah. watched this to make fun of it. Right. Because it's so ridiculous. So I feel like a lot of people sort of... Um, What's the word I'm looking for, you guys? Like capitalized on Elisa? And that's why I want to share, like we want to share what really happened. I feel like what this documentary on Netflix, like the experts that were actually involved in the case say is really what happened. Makes the most sense to me as a trained mental health professional. And I did. I worked in a um, psychiatric hospital inpatient. So I've seen a lot. I've um, read a lot. And everything that happened to her can be explained by um, her actual diagnosis, which we find out was she did have bipolar disorder. And so she was writing about this in her on her Tumblr mm-hmm. blog. Did you guys ever do Tumblr? No. No. That was one piece of it that always blew my mind that she was like, she was active on Tumblr. I'm like, I've never even got so on active. Tumblr. Yeah. And I feel never. like your age groups, you two, would be on Tumblr. My no. ex-girlfriend was on Tumblr. What was it? Tell me. Tell us I more about it. So she was, 20, she was 21 and 13. That's a few years younger than I am. Okay. It, so she would be like 28. I then. think it's a similar. I, honestly, like I don't Reddit, know. Right? It's kind of like a, a Pinterest slash blog type of thing okay. that you can app. Because that you can go cool. through and be like, oh, I like that. And then share it. Or what, like how Pinterest works. I but no idea. I have no. You guys were never on it. But she okay. shared a lot of her life. Yes. Yes. She did, and she wrote a lot about – she had a disguised name, but they knew it was her. But she, she wrote a lot of good stuff about mental health and her struggles. Turns out she wrote about her depression. She wrote mm-hmm. about being diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. And when you read her stuff, it all kind of comes together, and the detectives are really good about explaining it, yeah. about their theory of what actually happened. And 
I agree with it completely because when I when I watched the elevator footage and just I think because of my training it, drugs did tr cross my mind but I've also seen people with bipolar one is what it used to be called where you have the really manic episodes and you know you can hallucinate the psychotic episode yeah you can hallucinate you can you know you see and hear things that aren't there and so her hand motions, you know how people were really weirded out by that? Well, at one point... It looks like she's just... She sees something that is not there. Well, not, not, not even that. With no context, I thought, like, there was a ghost or something. Right, like, right, it's, yeah. it's, right. It's weird. If you haven't so, seen it in real life, it's right. weird. Yeah, because, like, to, to, like, kind of bring it full circle is, like, when I saw first saw it, it was... It's, it's odd, but then when you actually have context of it, it's the idea that, like, she's not... I don't think she's reaching for anything. Like, I don't think that she's looking and reaching for something. I think she, like, in her own mind is looking at her own hand and going, like, whoa. Like, having that effect of, like, having some... And that's where I agree with Casey that I think... So, I guess, to kind of, like, bring it full circle, right? Like, we're, we're kind of, like, speculating what our thoughts are now. Because, obviously, no one will ever know because she, unfortunately, died without knowing what happened, where she was, what, what she did. But... My personal thought process is that she was off of her medication for her antidepressants, her... Um, uh, she was on antipsychotics. Antipsychotics, yeah. Antidepressant and another one. Yeah, so like all those handful of things, I think that... She, I A think she was stabilizer. I think she was off of those. She ran into some bad company on Skid Row where she had something that not only took her from one complete side to the other, but like accelerated it. And then you have this person who is already off of their doctor prescribed medication and now on something that is street given. She's just hallucinating well, you think on the. She did drugs, but they didn't. In the I, no. In the toxicology, they didn't find they anything. Didn't find any but correct. But they also made the comment that she had already been too far gone that they had no conclusive like if there was anything there. Because she was already too decayed, they couldn't definitively say whether or not that she had anything in her system. So they had to report that there was nothing because they couldn't find well, they anything. Had low, like she was on those medications that mm -hmm. you talked about, and the, the toxicology report showed that she had stopped taking them because the levels kept lowering. And that's why I love the cor coroner, the mm -hmm. doctor, the physician, the pathologist. He was able to figure out that based on these levels mm – -hmm that she wasn't taking her meds. Like, she stopped taking... Because these kinds of meds build up in your system. See, I didn't think it was... Hold on. That's interesting because the way that I interpreted the, the, the documentary was that they based that off of her prescription fill rate, not her toxicology report. I... I well, it was based off notes. of her I'm her pill notes, count. Jeremy? Yeah, see, that's what I thought. I well, thought it was both, based off of her both. pill right. count. Right, but they... The, the coroner made... I mean, to your point, the coroner said for the the dosing and stuff that she was on her pill count didn't match up with what was in her system yes. so she was short okay. she was shorting her she not her, her pills okay. yeah so do you guys remember dr judy ho the forensic psychologist yeah i was <laughs> no Wait. no she's the cute asian lady oh my god i have such a girl crush on her <laughs> just no. okay. on, what, on the documentary yeah, yeah. No, dr judy her gorgeous oh. asian woman what we'll go back and watch I feel like it, i need a, a reference point okay so Casey, you know how I have a girl crush on Kay from Good Morning Football? So yeah. do I. Kay Adams. Dude, she's Kay gorgeous. Kay Adams. Do you know what I'm talking about? And she's about? a Bears fan, so it's like, yeah. Hello. 
So I would like to have lunch with Kay Adams. She retweeted me once. Oh, what did she retweet, Wait, Katie? About, Casey? Wait, what were you? Why'd you raise your hand, Jess? What do you have? Because crushes. Kyle Long retweeted me once. Oh yeah. Speaking of bears, there you go. Bears. Big seven five. Shout out Kyle Long. <laughs> Kyle from Good Morning Football. No, no. not that guy. He was a <laughs> offensive lineman for, for the, bears. the Bears. He actually oh, played. Oh, okay, the bears, yeah. okay, yeah. that's cool though. So what, go back me. to your. No, thing. no, tell everybody about. I my... tweeted about you. Yeah, what'd you say to Kyle? Oh, I said. Uh, thanks to Good Morning Football and Kay Adams' fashion sense, like my girlfriend's got my girlfriend interested in something. I don't know. I she do liked something it. like that. She liked yeah. it. So Kay and I were like, okay, yeah, no big deal. So God. I would like to have lunch with Kay, Dr. Judy Ho, and you, Jess, and, and we me? just talk about all this stuff. I would love that. Like talk about everything. Would you wear that shirt, Jess? Probably. <laughs> yes. So, um, Dr. Judy Ho, she's a forensic psychologist. I can't believe you don't remember her. She was like, to me, I'm like fangirling hardcore over her. Yeah. Um, she breaks, <laughs> oh, such a nerd. <laughs> she breaks it down, you guys. She tells exactly what she thinks happens. And so her specialty is psychology and forensics and putting it all together. Okay. It makes total sense. And the training that I have and the things that I've seen totally matches up with what she said. Elisa has has had bipolar disorder. She's been diagnosed with that. She writes about it in her blogs. I guess, I'm not sure who interviewed her family, but it came out that there was a history of fearful, paranoid behavior, like running, hiding, delusional stuff. Schizophrenia almost. Almost. Yeah. So bipolar one can look like that. It, yeah. it, it can produce a psychotic episode. So you know how we saw her in the elevator, how she was like running in and out. It was like almost yes. playful. Yes. Um, or maybe she was scared. Mm-hmm. Um, her sister reported that she would do that at home. Like her sister had witnessed her running away from something mm-hmm. that wasn't there, like hiding under the bed. So all of that lines up with. So I'm guessing like, okay, you're on your meds. You you're in a new country. You're in yeah. a, a new place. Um, she probably had no idea like what she was getting into with Skid Row and all of the people there. Yeah. Also, I am just on antidepressant, okay? And how many times have I tried to stop taking that in the past 10 years? Because I'm doing better. And I'm like, oh, I don't need it anymore. Like, I'm good. Have you a lot? Yes. Now, luckily, with my symptoms, Casey I actually, would. I actually did not know that, so that's interesting to know. Yeah, and so with my symptoms, I don't have any psychosis or anything like that. Mine's just like depression and anxiety. Yeah. Um, but you can tell, right, Casey? When... Yeah, you're not very easy to get along with. <laughs> I'm a, bit, I'm a yeah. bit irritable. I'm tired. I'm just down. I'm just yeah. crying all crying. the time. Like crying spells over ridiculous things. Um, so this is something. And so by people with bipolar are known to stop taking their medication like once they're feeling better. Mm. Here's the thing, though. I have worked with and I know people who are who have bipolar diagnosis mm-hmm. that are completely living normal lives. So if you take your medications, you go to therapy, you do the things, you can live a totally normal life. Yeah. But the stuff that Elisa was on, like an antipsychotic, yeah. she that means that she at some point must have had um, a psychosis break or whatever. Like a halluc- yeah. hallucinations and yeah. delusions. And um, you can feel so paranoid that you really think people are after you. So, Dr. Judy Ho, she says, you know, she probably thought somebody was after her and she was trying to stay safe. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if she hadn't been taking her medication, it doesn't take that long for an episode, that an epi- especially if there was a lot of stress. Yeah. So, you know, the one thing we didn't talk about is she was um, 
Elisa was staying with those girls, a couple of other girls. Oh, yeah, they were bringing together. And so there, it yeah. had been reported to the front desk. So they didn't know each other. They were just like put together in this room. A hostel. Hostile style yeah. in bunk beds. And yeah. um, it was reported to the front desk through management that um, Elisa was leaving notes. Do you remember this? Like leaving weird notes to her, to the other chicks in that room. Uh, like stay away or I don't remember what it Go was. Go away. Go away. Yeah. Then like and then those she girls. she wouldn't let them into the room. Right, without a password. Without a password. Hello, you guys. Yeah. Like the total, it just paints a picture, doesn't it? Right. So that was going on. And then do you remember at, there was another incident. Oh, um, Amy Price, you know, the manager, She's she talked about how Elisa was downstairs in the lobby and she jumped out and was like, I'm, I'm crazy. Yeah. And she yeah. was like, mm-hmm. We're on Skid Row. Hello. This is normal. Tell us, Jess. She was like, this is not, like, right. this is normal behavior for where we were at. She didn't think anything of it. They call. They call 911 every day. Yeah. yeah. People are so, getting murdered every day. Right. Yeah. And that's, to go deeper into that, the, the, Lisa Lamb's, Elisa Lamb's family tries to sue or make the hotel liable for what happened to her, uh, but... To Amy Price's point, it's this is kind of a daily thing of when I come to work, she's not being super outrageous, and it's just the norm. It's, it's just, just like, kind of the norm. It's mild compared to and, probably what she sees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and with all of her behavior that you just said, make I mean, it makes sense why she ends up in a water tank on the roof. Yeah. Well, so the and, theory is that she, the police agree like the detectives agree dr judy ho agrees like this is probably what happened she was having she was deteriorating over days she's having a psychotic episode she's paranoid she's delusional she's hallucinating she's seeing things that aren't there that explains the elevator right she's trying to hide from people who are after she thinks they're after her she takes because remember the search the search dogs remember the police originally detectives had those search dogs that got her sent and went through her room and then they stopped right at her window. Yeah. And, and that's where the fire window. escape was. So they think that she climbed up the outside fire escape, which is terrifying if you watch the documentary. Oh, yeah. Remember Cause it's, that? Because it's not like a typical fire escape where there's like a platform below you. No. It is on the side yeah. of the building. <laughs> if you slip, right. you're falling you're four gone, stories. You're gone. Yeah. You're gone. So she climbs oh, up it that. Makes my, it, oh, that's like the one. I know. It's terrifying. <laughs> so she climbs up. This is the theory. She climbs. This is the actual. The evidence supports this. She climbs up the fire escape on the outside of the building, gets up to the roof, and to hide from whatever forces she thinks are or people her. are following her, she removes the lid of the water tank and jumps in mm-hmm. to hide. Right. So then... Other questions that are brought up by the web sleuths. Do you remember this? Because yeah. she was found naked. So she had taken off her Wearing clothes. clothes yeah. off. But the coroner explains that when people, there may have been hypothermia going on. Mm-hmm. So when people have all those physiological changes within their body, it's normal to like take your clothes off. But some of the web sleuths were saying, oh, it was probably a sexual assault. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then it wasn't there another logical thought process where there was just like, the, the struggle of trying to tread because they said it was the tank yeah, was she, the tank like was she, like like eight eight or nine feet so trying to tread water like maybe trying to take weight off of her body yes. it'd be easier to tread so there's yes. a lot of different yeah. take the, clo- the, the coroner said that it said she, a lot of times people will take their clothes off so they feel lighter mm-hmm. yeah so that explains that so 
the one thing that finally at the end of the documentary we find out the one thing that web sleuths kept coming back to was how right the, the lid. lid so she was in the tank water tank got in there herself but the when they found her supposedly when, when senor found santiago. her santiago santiago found her the lid was on no yeah, well no hold on no that's what early they on early on that was the was, comment. That, that was, was the comment. What, what was it, reported? It was falsely reported because one of the whoever then, the TV interviewed that the, the sergeant conference. or something, he goes, "It was to my knowledge the lid was on the water tank, and that's not yes. what was true." So the the sleuths, the web sleuths, are like, "How would she close put the, the thing because it weighed yeah. like twenty pounds or whatever?" Right. And yeah. if you're in water that's going down, like how would you reach she up to do reach that? It, yeah, and, but it turns out. The detective goes back and rereads Santiago's statement. Mm-hmm. Yep. He never said that. He said it was off. Off. Right. Like the lid was off, and at that point, but but the press conference originally it was shared with the entire it was falsely world. Falsely reported. Falsely yeah. reported that the lid was on. So that was the last like piece. I feel like that. So a lot of the web sleuths. I kind of have respect for these guys that. A lot of the YouTubers said, you know what, we were wrong. Yeah. Like we got on a rabbit like we got went down a rabbit hole. Yeah. And I, I have respect for that. Well it just shows like the, the documentaries of the of these murders and, and, and mysteries and crime scenes that come out, they're kind of it goes back to the original thing, they're captivating, but in the same sense it's it, let the professionals take the lead and you kind of assist where you can. Right. I get that, like, there is a mistrust of police with, mm-hmm. you know, our current climate. And there has been for a long time, especially in L.A. Hello. Yeah. Rodney yeah, King, yeah. anyone. Yeah. Like, there's just been so much there that the natural tendency for some is to just not believe them. But I truly believe after, like, watching the, the interviews with these detectives, do you guys agree that they were genuine? They oh, wanted yeah. to I help. think so. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I think... I think for the most part, everybody within the situation was was trying to be thorough, and they even made comments about like not checking the water tower, and they were just like so sad about it. They they, 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 they wish they would have been able to lock this up sooner. Yeah. So. Oh, oh, the other thing is, do you remember what happened a week? La- I think it was a week later after Elisa went missing, and everyone, the detectives were all on the case, and then there was that guy, a, a police officer in L.A. who started shooting up the other police. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. And so they oh. so half the team or like more they than half lost the team, all of their like yeah, investigators. They, they had to yeah. go work that's on right. that case. Right. So that took away and that's one of the detectives said that's one thing like kind of took a took a back burner, yeah. 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 Cuz they had to go address that. Yeah. So oh the, yeah, I it was a great documentary. It was I like all the different angles they took. They took the angles of just like common sense. They took the angles of like extreme conspiracy. They took yeah. the angles of like it was, and they took they took two completely different lines of subject, which was the Cecil Hotel and the actual disappearance and, and eventual uh, death of this young lady. And it's just, it's a cool documentary. It's really, it really, really is. Good. One last question, and we'll wrap it up. Do you guys feel like the hotel was responsible in any way? Because Elisa's parents did try to sue, or they did sue the hotel for, and wanted them to be responsible, take responsibility for her falling into the water tank. I personally do not think so. 
I don't really see how they could be responsible at all. Like clearly she was off her medication and is mentally ill. So like that has nothing to do with the hotel at all. And then you need fire escapes. So you have to have fire escapes. escapes. So it's not like that they could just like lock those off. The only thing I could say is like a lock on the water tank. That's the only thing I could say is like that would be their defense. I was going to say that or even just like the, cause, cause what, wasn't it said like later on in the documentary that the, the, emergency escape should have been triggered as an alarm but they were yeah. like no that was on there the was, stairs yeah there was that's a staircase yes. to the door which yes. had the alarm but the alarm was never triggered that's what that's but, what i'm saying so that was so a theory that, that could be the only other thing well there's but they even said the police checked it and it worked yeah so the only other thing that she could have done was go santiago said it worked yeah yeah he he senior santiago he the team santiago she went out the fire escape and, and yeah. you, like you said jess it's a safety hazard if you don't have access to that. So you can't just cut off yeah. access to no. a fire escape. No, so it just is a poor situation and a poor it's circumstance. It's a horrible, horrible circumstance. Yeah, yeah, it's a horrible situation. And Jess, I have to say, I don't think it was paranormal. No. Oh, no, no, no. Are you okay with that? <laughs> okay. That was okay. just my initial reaction. Your initial reaction. Okay. Yeah. But once the facts came out, she right. is... Jess is a reasonable person. Yeah, she's like, this totally makes sense. So I didn't want to yes. give away the spoilers, guys. Gosh. <laughs> Thanks, Jess. She's great. All right. Well, I think that probably wraps it up. Moral of the story. Elisa Lamb, read her stuff if you can online. She was. She really did make an impact on this world and I feel for her family and we, you know, of course want to honor that. And also take your meds. Don't yes. stop taking your it's meds. Very it's very yeah. important. I tell myself that all the time, right, Casey? You, you remember do. when I'm like, I announced it. I'm like, it's I gotta take my meds. Yeah. And it's like a thing now. Very important. Very yeah. important. They yeah. are there to help. Yeah. There's no shame in it. No shame. shame at all. Adulting is Adulting is hard. What did you say earlier? Words are hard. Words are hard. <laughs> Words Adulting are hard. Adulting is hard. Life is hard. Existing is hard. Existing is hard. It is. It's, okay. it's okay to acknowledge that. Will you guys together, guys? Hey, yeah. will you guys come back like regularly? I would love yeah. to. Yay! Okay. Yeah. Regular. Regular. Casey, you want to take us out? No. How dare you? How dare you? Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, thanks, Jess and Butch, for being on again. We enjoyed having you. We look forward to the next time you're on. Yep. I think maybe sooner than later. Yes, like in the sure. next six weeks. Everybody, uh, if you could like, rate, share, subscribe, all those fun well, things. And will you guys give us a review? Tune in next week for uh, our many informative thoughts and ideas about the world and the cultures of today's world. <laughs>